0: If you're having lots of troubles and you don't know what to do If you've just lost all of your income or slept with a kangaroo If your life's not what it should be and you want to escape for a bit If you've got a friend who's lonely and just wants to get away If you're happy listening to what someone else has got to say Come along my friends, it's time to turn those frowns upside down We'll help you to escape for a while Combo vacant We'll try to leave you with a smile or a laugh For all of the above Combo vacant We will do the best that we can Conversation
1: Hi guys, welcome to episode number 43 of Conversation Vacant and the second episode in the new improved new Conversation Vacant uh, timeline, I suppose, something like that. And uh, my conversation today is with another star of TV and film, uh, Mr. Tim Wallace uh, You'll know him from the TV show The Windsors uh, on Channel 4. Uh, Yes, well, uh, I had a great conversation with Tim the other day, and it was uh, a lot of fun, so I hope you enjoy it. I hope this finds you all, you guys, well. I hope you're all happy. And um, by the way, I say guys, obviously, I mean everybody. I don't just mean guys as in men. I know people are a little bit hung up on that, and I don't mean to offend people. Uh, I just say guys. Guys means everyone for me, so uh, that's inclusivity for you. Uh, so, yeah, I hope you all enjoy my conversation with Tim, and, uh, and yeah, thanks very much. So, in the uh, interest of the interest, in the uh, continuation of the revamped Conversation Vacant, which is the name of the podcast, Tim, uh, having um, famous superstars on, I've got uh, Tim Wallace.
2: How are you, Tim? I'm very well, Bram. I'm delighted to be here.
1: Thank you. Star of, hang on, let me get my list. I've got a list here. <laughs> Star of the Windsors, obviously. Belgravia, Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Is that correct? That is correct. And yeah. I did, and I went once before on it as well.
2: And did you? Yeah, because I was. Um, well, I was originally in the show, one of the early cast of the show, but I but I did a little bit on the on the first film, and I say when I say little, I mean little.
1: Oh right, okay. Also, the Interceptor, yeah, and uh, several Babylon, Doctors, Sherlock. Who were you in Sherlock?
2: Oh, I was a I was a lawyer in Sherlock, and I was cross examining um, Mickelson, Klaus Mickelson, who was the who was the villain in that one.
1: He was very good in it. And Lindsay Duncan was in it. It was very good. I loved it. I know it's very loud down there. All of a sudden they've got loud. It was very quiet earlier, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Still, that's showbiz. That's isn't it? showbiz, yeah. I don't think it's picking them up right. too much, okay. so we're all right. EastEnders. Cara was in EastEnders as well. Anyway, so, um, Tim. What tends to happen on conversation vacant, as I know you've listened to one or part of one, is uh, I'll come up with a subject, and we'll just go through the subject, and mm. we'll have a chat about that said subject. Yes. So the subject that I've uh, I've come up with today is, um, and I think this you might interest you. This is the origins of well-known sayings. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they have uh, maybe historical origins or or other kinds of origins. So. We start with um, that's saying, "bite the bullet." Do you know? Yeah. Do you yeah. know what, how, where that comes from? Is it to do with? Is it to do with something to do with spying?
2: With, with the spine? With spying? Spying? No oh, spying. By, but if you bit a bullet, did it stop you from uh, answering? Que-
1: uh, uh, giving away information? No. Origin in the olden days. When doctors were short on anaesthesia or time during a battle, they would ask the patient to bite down on a bullet to distract them from the pain. The first recorded use of the phrase was in 1891, in the light that failed. Mm. There you go, you see. Interesting.
2: I sort of knew it was something to do with biting down to, to stop something. Yeah,
1: because I, I always think of um, people like biting down on a piece of wood or something yes. to stop, you know. yes. Rather than a bullet. But I suppose when you're on a battlefield, it's the nearest hard thing to bite down onto.
2: And before they had anaesthetics, they would do things like bite down on wood. Well,
1: they used to do ether, didn't they? They used to feed people ether and all sorts of stuff, yeah. Um, Goodness me. Uh, To break the ice. Do you know that one?
2: To break the ice. Um... No, I don't know what Break the Ice is.
1: Uh, well, I mean, it, it, I think if you think about it, it's quite a, 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 an obvious one. Uh, back when road transportation was not developed, ships would be the only form of transport... Uh, trans, trans, excuse me. Ships would be the only transportation and means of trade. At times, ships would get stuck during the winter because of ice formation. Receiving The receiving country would send small ships to break the ice or to clear the way for the trade ships. There you go. I, di- I really didn't know so that. Yes, it's, it's very loud. It's very loud. I don't know why they decided to come here. Shut up. Anyway. Um, anyway, should so. We uh, go
2: our, should, we, should we repair to our quieter room? They might all be being
1: led away now. Uh, hopefully they'll be blowing away. I would hope so. Um, so, uh, next one. Let's try the next one. Butter someone up. Ah, well, that is to do with butter. M-
2: uh, it, it's it, you're paying them a compliment, of course. If you butter someone up, you're trying to make them feel yes. better. Yes. Uh, so, and that comes from um, uh, uh, buttering someone to uh, help a wound. Help a wound, or or some kind of. Uh, skin irritation making uh, them feel better
1: oh okay well you mean like when you when you bump your head as a child and your mom puts butter on the bump? yes you know that's an old tale and doesn't actually help
2: that's right but it's Cr- supposed to
1: soften the skin right but it's all the
2: placebo effect
1: ah yes now unfortunately this is different it says this was a customary religious act in ancient oh. india the devout would throw butter balls at the statues of the gods to seek favor and forgiveness wow these are brilliant, Bram. Why did you? I didn't know. I I didn't know that was the uh, case. I didn't yeah. know any of these. Well, these are from um, from um, Expressions with Origins that you would never have guessedcom right. right. Something like that. Anyway. Right. What's the favourite film that you've ever worked on?
2: That I've ever oh. worked on. Oh, uh, a rock and roller. Guy uh, oh, Ritchie.
1: Ah, yeah, yeah. rock and roller. Yeah, yeah. How interesting that you you've been a film directed by Guy Ritchie and a film directed by Madonna yes I have
2: it is interesting uh, and in fact they were in very uh, close time proximity with each other yeah the the, the um, but Guy Ritchie's one was very flash because um, it just had lots of you know well-known or about to be well-known uh, people like I, I, I say about to be well-known Idris Elbar was in it who then hadn't quite sort of broken through yeah. Uh, like he uh, subsequently did and I worked with him and he was very nice and there were amazing people uh, in it and of course you know Guy Ritchie was very much of the moment his movies were very kind of cool and trendy and I didn't
1: expect to ever be in anything cool and trendy and there I was oh there you are yes rock and roller who's with uh, Jared Butler Jared Butler was in it as well Thandy Newton Mark Strong yeah Tom Hardy yeah Wow! Yeah, it was it was a, a, a very uh, a big deal. A big deal and big cast.
2: Yeah, very good cast. And um, and then the Madonna film. Well, that was slightly more low budget, but um, uh, and she uh, had only directed I think one film before this one. This film was called Filth and Wisdom. Yeah. And uh, it was filmed in London, and it was pre- no? premiered at the Berlin Film Festival, and I think. Yeah. I might have just described its entire cinematic run. Yes. run.
1: <laughs> well, if you, if you can uh, find Filth and Wisdom, I'd advise going to watch it. Uh, Mad as a Hatter.
2: Hmm. Mad as a Hatter, now that's something to do... It's not to do with the Alice in Wonderland, is it? Because that was the Mad that's, Hatter. Um, that's correct. If, um, uh, it, it's to do with something about hat-making? I don't know. I don't know the answer.
1: Uh, he says, no, you didn't really know this one because it didn't originate from Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Its origins date from the 17th and 18th century, well before Lewis Carroll's book was published. In 17th century France, poisoning occurred among the makers who... Oh, among hat makers who used mercury for hat felt, oh. the Mad Hatter disease was marks marked by shyness, shyness, irritability, and tremors that would make the person appear mad
2: because of the mercury. Because they of the mercury used. they used, and it seeped into the into the
1: yeah, and so it was called a uh, seeped into the skin. Well, I don't know if it seeped into because they were hat makers, so it might have just it might have just been like the vapor oh. that sent them mad. You see, and so it was called the Mad Hatter's. Which century? Which century was it? Uh, Seventeenth century, France. Oh,
2: brand. So it's mad as
1: a hatter. Good, eh? Cat got your tongue. (sighs) Um, That's
2: something to do with cats. (laughs) Full stop. That's my explanation. Okay, that's uh, okay. Sometimes you taking the taking the tongue out of uh, uh, of their bird of prey. Oh,
1: very good. No. No. Oh, that's quite interesting, though. So the origin of this is uh, the English Navy used to whip uh, used a whip called a cat of, nine tails. Oh, cat of nine tails for flogging. The pain was so severe that it caused the victim to stay quiet for a long time. Another possible source could be from ancient Egypt, where liars and blasphemers' tongues were cut out and fed to cats. Mm. So, cat got your tongue. Yes, yes.
2: Isn't it funny how we don't question any. I've never questioned these phrases no. before, and I have don't no th- idea really where they come from. Think about them, really do you? No, I don't. I've had some fairly lame guesses, but, and none of them have anywhere near. Well, I
1: don't think they're lame. I think I think most people would guess very similar ways, you know. I
2: thought it was to do with cats taking tongues out of, you know, Mises or things like that. Mises. Yeah,
1: Mises. Or Mises. Um, what's the best TV show you've ever worked on? Oh, well,
2: I, I love doing the Windsors. Yeah. Um, I also did a rather ill-fated soap opera that I enjoyed doing very much called Night and Day, uh, which was on in the early noughties, very early noughties, like two thousand and one, two, and it was on ITV, and it was called Night and Day because they showed an episode during the day, and they showed the same episode with what they called adult content, which wasn't, you know, anything.
1: Was oh, that like when good. they d- was that before they started doing? Didn't they do Hollyoaks Nights? That's it. Which it was, was it was a the sort similar of kind of thing, to that.
2: and um, and it had it had a very. Uh, a kind of eclectic cast in it from leslie joseph to uh, joe McGann, lisette anthony bradley walsh came into it um shane Ritchie came into it and uh i was in it um opposite playing husband of uh, sally dexter who's now uh, starring in Emmerdale. i love
1: sally dexter yeah love sally because you work with her i worked with sally dexter yes, yes. On, a long time ago on, on, on a, on a uh, was on on uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe Lion, oh, ooh, in a tent it. in Kensington Gardens. Yes. And she played the Wicked Witch. She did play the Witch. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the um, It wasn't the Witch. It was the Snow Queen. Snow Queen. Yeah. yeah. She was very good. I should know that.
2: Gosh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was one of my all-time favourite children's uh, books when I was a kid. Um. Yeah, so that was that was a, a wonderful thing to work on, but I don't think anyone actually watched it, but it was very good fun well, to well, make. Well, that's the
1: reason why it's not still going today, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> You would assume... Barking up the wrong tree. Well, that's to do
2: with. Isn't that to do with a dog um, uh, 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 barking for birds or something up a tree and getting the wrong tree?
1: Not far off. I mean, it was a pretty good guess considering the saying. It's not far off. Mm -hmm. Uh, This refers to hunting dogs that may have chased their prey up a tree. The dogs bark, assuming that the prey is still in the tree, but the prey is no longer in the tree. Yeah. Turn a blind
2: eye. Well, obviously, it sort of speaks for itself, but I don't know in what context. I don't know.
1: Okay, turn a blind eye. The British naval hero, Admiral Horatio Nelson, Ah. had one blind eye. Once, when the British forces signalled for him to stop attacking the fleet of Danish ships, he held up a telescope to his blind eye and said, I do not see the signal. He attacked nevertheless and was victorious. Well, that's fascinating. So he turned a blind eye.
2: It reminds me, in a somewhat l- more lowly context, okay, of when I had to do a, a rifle test uh, for my CCF at school, cadet training, uh, cadet training corps.
1: And that shows the difference between you and I. And that you had to do. A- yeah. A rifle test at school. Yes, and I. <laughs> we normally got checked for guns before we went into school. <laughs>
2: <laughs> because so we went to the rifle range, and I'm, because I was left-handed, the uh, the RSM gave me a um, little makeshift uh, bandage to put over my eye, um, so you, s- so I could fire straight. And I put the bandage over the wrong eye oh, right. and still fired away and got a marksmanship. Oh, well done. And he looked at me and went, you've got the wrong, you've got the bandage over the wrong eye. And let's see what you've scored and marches off down the thing and comes back. How the, mm, did you do that? <laughs> and I literally got a fantastic bullseye score. And there you go, you I see. just know how that happened to this
1: day. Well, you're obviously a good marksman. Uh, obviously, yeah. You should, fluke. You should, I don't think it's fluke. I don't think anybody, anybody shooting a bullseye with a gun is a fluke.
2: Like so many things in life, Bram, flukes happen. You know? Flukes
1: do happen, but there's... There's kind of, you know, flukes happen through percentage, and there's a, yes. there's such a high percentage of you not hitting the bullseye.
2: But isn't it wonderful, though, when flukes do happen? Yeah, absolutely. And people congratulate you for stuff, and you think inside, you think, that was a fluke.
1: Yeah, I, for instance, I found a pound coin the other day on the street. What? Bury the hatchet...
2: Uh, well, that's going to have some sort of naval term, a naval a connotation, but mm. I don't know what it is. You
1: need to think a bit further than that. Oh, bury the hatchet. Something to do with treasure? This one dates... This one d- Oh, that was my phone. Sorry. So there you go. I owe everyone a drink. Uh, this one dates back to the early times in North America, where the Puritans were in conflict with the Native Americans. When negotiating peace, the Native Americans would bury their hatchets, knives, clubs and tomahawk weapons, literally... They were buried to make them inaccessible. Wow. They buried all that? Yeah. Mm. Basically to prove that they wouldn't attack, I guess. Mm. Well, again, that's absolutely n- news to me.
2: Caught red-handed? Oh, that's to do with having your um, hand burnt, hand in the fire. No. Well, at least I say it with a degree of certainty, Brad. Well,
1: it's good, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, 60%... Caught perc- red-handed.
2: Hang on, let's go, let's go back on this.
1: 60% of right answers are just people saying things with certainty. Yes, but hang on.
2: Caught red-handed. It's something to do with taking something and your hand being dyed or you red a mark on your hand. Something. It must have something to do with that.
1: This originates from an old English law that ordered any person to be punished for butchering an animal that wasn't his own. They
2: should still have that. The only well,
1: they should. To be honest, yeah, they should. The only way the person could be convicted if he was caught with the animal's blood still on his hands. Oh, oh. There you go. So literally caught red-handed. Have you ever done any voiceover work? Yes. Have you? Yes, I have. What for?
2: Well, actually, I just did one last week for a computer game.
1: Excellent. Can you tell us what it was called?
2: No, because not because I'm not allowed to, but because I don't actually know. Oh, excellent. Um, uh, it's a new one being put together, and I'm not sure they even have a title for it yet. Oh, brilliant. Um, and I did it, uh, and I had to play a pirate. Right. right. I'm much better with voiceovers if I'm not doing my own voice. What I call the BMW voice, which is the sort of neutral male voice that does bmw for a smoother ride oh right yeah, yeah. i'm not yeah. really that voice because so many can do it so much you prefer better prefer to be more dramatic quirky well it's not so much I'm, I'm better at either imitations or sometimes accents if they're within my right. my comfort zone um doing this straightforward neutral um Hi, yeah. Bram. Come and eat Kellogg's Cornflakes. Do you think you could do
1: cornflakes? the um, like the films? It was a time of dread, that kind of thing.
2: Well, they're amazing, those guys. There was a guy who I worked with, um, uh, and I'm trying to think of his. Gary, and he's Barlow. still Barlow. He's g- still going strong. No, no, Gary Barlow. He um, was a voiceover artist who used to do the plant for Little Shop of Horrors. All oh, right. Um, and Gary Martin, he was right. called, and he's still working a lot to this day. And he has an ultra low voice, and yeah. he would do the Rocky Five. Is he back? You know those yeah, yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. Will he get in the ring one more time? And he was. I mean, he was incredible. His 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 vocal range was extraordinary. Um, but I'm no. I'm not really good at those. So I'm I'm better at doing. You know, your. your this one was for uh, playing a pirate, and I had to do. But then they didn't want a pirate; they wanted a sea captain, which Ryan. was the same but smoother. So suddenly I oh, was having to stop doing that and doing that without the rasping. Oh, like so there's no r, r-, r- yeah. in it. it's yeah. more r. Yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. It was sort of. I started to do that, and they went, "No, no, no! Keep the keep the, the, the accent, but just don't do it so gruff." And I started going back into High Street Kensington
0: voice <laughs> again.
1: Ah. <laughs> oh. Excellent. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Well, that's
2: to do with Vic- Victorian, something to do with Victorian baths, um, uh, putting the baby in the iron tub and not throwing in... When you throw the water out, obviously not throwing the baby out with it. It's something to do with, with that, with the metal containers of hot water.
1: It says you won't believe this one. I mean, you're not far off. In the early 1500s, people only bathed once a year. Not only that, but they also bathed in the same water without changing it. The adult males would bathe first, then the females, leaving the children and babies to go last. By the time the babies got in, the water was clouded with filth. The poor mothers had to take extra care that their babies were not thrown out with the bath water.
2: Well, because they couldn't see the baby they Couldn't see the baby.
1: Filth. I mean, I don't think you would ever submerge your baby in filthy water not anyway, yes, would you? I'm not quite
2: sure you, you, you'd I mean, it's see no one, the baby. It's no
1: wonder they all got the plague.
2: Yes, yes. Um that's a that's a pretty grim uh, scenario, isn't it? It is really. Once a year wash and then when you do it the whole family go in to yeah.
1: do it. I mean you think I bet the like the day before that once a year wash date, I bet they still complain that they had to do it.
2: Just on that subject, I was thinking the other day Well the done. amount of water we use in showers. Yeah. Can you imagine? I just suddenly my brain started to think when I was in the shower. How many people would be showering at this precise moment, and the amount of water that? Because we're all encouraged to take baths, aren't we, rather than showers, for the, to save the planet in terms of of, of wa- water usage.
1: Is that right? Is it for water usage, Joe? Because I thought that if you if you use the, you kind of use the equivalent for a bath and you do in a shower.
2: But you, but you don't. You use a hell of a lot. You use water. more, do you? Yes, you oh.
1: do. Well, I always put the plug in.
2: In the shower. Yeah. What do you so then you have feet. a
1: shower then a bath?
2: Okay, Bram. Well, well <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Um but I, I'm working I it thought, as I go. I
1: thought it was all to do with energy because you because when, when when you're showering you're constantly using a boiler or whatever to heat it up so it's using more energy, that's more true gas as well. That's
2: true as well, but certainly more water. So Wow, well, I we um, just
1: stand outside today, really. Well, was some vo- vozine in, in your hair or whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Hasn't the weather turned quickly? This time last week we were bathed
1: in sunshine, and we were yeah, absolutely. The whole oh no, hang on. Give a cold shoulder. I don't know that, but I think it's a great expression. In medieval England, it was customary to give a guest a cold piece of meat from the shoulder of mutton, pork, or beef chop uh, when the host felt it was time for the guest to leave. This was a polite way to communicate. You may leave now. So basically to get somebody to go away, you You, would present them with a cold cold piece of meat from the shoulder of mutton or pork or beef.
2: So when you would feel that this podcast had reached its natural end, you would slab a piece of meat on my shoulder and go, there you are, Tim. No, I'd
1: probably just say, okay, thanks, Tim. You wouldn't put a little rash for well, no, uh, no, 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 no. I sure wouldn't waste a rash for bacon. Not that you're a waste, Tim, but I like bacon. Fair enough. Uh, go the whole nine yards.
2: That's only like with golf, isn't it?
1: Nope. <laughs> no, no. But good guess. Uh, during World War Two, the fighter pilots were equipped with nine yards of ammunition. When they ran out, it meant that they had to try their best, fighting off the target with their entirety. It meant they had tried their best at fighting off the target with the entirety of their ammunition. ammunition.
2: Yeah, well that's amazing. Again, I didn't know that, but that's these are really good, I like them.
1: Thank you. I hope they're all true. I hope so. Let one's hair down.
2: Well, women weren't allowed to let their hair down in certain societies in in, uh, times gone by.
1: That is absolutely correct. Well done. In public, the aristocratic women of medieval times were obliged to appear in elegant hairdos that were usually pulled up. The only time they would let their hair down was when they came home and relaxed. Mm. Yes. That's interesting, isn't it? Yes.
2: They were made in those medieval times and they had to wear all this stuff, um, you know, all these...
1: um, And they only bathed once a year.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: In dirty water.
2: And they couldn't wash their clothes. Gross. So times have improved sometimes feels like they haven't but they have they have yeah the things that we take for granted and we have light we have electricity brown yeah you know I mean
1: um, well let me ask you this Tim what's next for you after this show
2: well I'm directing a show actually I'm directing a, a, a Christmas show called Dear Santa which is an adaptation of a very famous um, uh, children's book and I'm doing that um Obviously at, at Christmas time, and uh, so I'm looking forward to that. We've just we're doing two productions of it, one in Birmingham and one in um, Westcliff End. and um, Westcliff on Sea. Yeah, and then, and they're touring, and I've done it. I've directed yeah. the show before, and it's fantastic, and kids love it, and, and mums love it. Um, and I've also written a play. You've written one. I've written one. I wrote one during lockdown, or sort of, or or rewrote one during lockdown that I'd left for a a long time and sort of totally rewrote it, uh, which is called Cast Aside. And I, um, and that's it. I don't know what else I'm doing after that. I'm hoping to do a few more voiceovers.
1: Is Uh, there any more? Do we know if there's any more Windsors coming?
2: The Windsors, uh, I don't know. I think there's. It's definitely not. it's definitely not impossible that there'll be another one, but I don't know uh, as... An so it's
1: not way. it's not necessarily over, it's just not in the works at the moment?
2: It's not in the works at the moment, but I think they might be discussing whether it should be in the works. Right, okay.
1: Um,
2: it's plenty but of this, this, this run, um, which we started in, of the live show, uh, as uh, which we started in August, is now, as it reaches its end, um, getting more and more popular, so you never know.
1: Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah excellent um rubbed the wrong way
2: rubbed the wrong way that has
1: something to do with doesn't
2: it have something to do with the scales of scales of animals
1: the scales of animals as
2: yeah in, uh, as in, uh, no oh i thought i thought it did not to do well, with rubbing, rubbing yeah, something, uh. there's
1: an alternate one here, alternative, it could be derived from rubbing cats fur the wrong way, which annoys them. It says here, early Americans during colonial times would ask their servants to rub the oak floorboards the right way. The wrong way, uh, not wiping them with dry fabric after wet fabric, would would cause streaks to form and ruin it, leaving the homeowner annoyed. Alternatively, it could be derived from rubbing cats further the wrong way, which annoys them.
2: Yes, that, that, that one, I, I was sort of in the right ballpark, with the first one, never heard of that.
1: Yeah.
2: Rubbing the oak floor the, r-
1: the wrong way. It's colonial Americans, isn't it? Yes. Um, uh, I have one that I already know, which is not on this list, but I quite like it, is uh, the uh, the term, never look a gift horse in the mouth. Yes.
0: Talk me know? through that.
1: So, uh, in olden times, so I don't know what dates... Um, in order to uh, find out if a horse was healthy, you would look at its teeth to make sure it was healthy and had healthy teeth. Mm. Okay. So the the whole point is, if somebody gives you a horse as a gift, it's very rude considered to be very rude to look at, at its teeth to yes. make sure it's healthy horse. Yes. Because it's been a gift, so you should never look a gift horse in the mouth.
2: I I understand
1: how does that relate
2: to missing an opportunity because get looking at a gift you know never miss it, never look a gift horse in the mouth aren't you saying isn't that saying you, you know don't miss this this opportunity or gift that you've been given by uh, turning it I, down don't, I, or, I don't i don't know
1: is it, it? don't well <laughs> Don't um,
2: have I got have I got the inference of that phrase wrong?
1: I don't know. I don't even know what inference means to be well, fair. Well, infra-
2: as in the meaning isn't 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 the looking. You know, Bram, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. You could be working here for the next five years. Is is, is a way of saying you know don't turn down a wonderful opportunity.
1: Possibly, yeah, absolutely. So but f- but then all, it also could also be another way of saying Bram, don't fuck it up by doing something this stupid. Oh, you're allowed to swear. Don't worry, it's fine. Uh, don't don't mess it up by doing something stupid. Like, yes, looking yes. it in the mouth.
2: Yes, yes, yes. I see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I don't really know. I all that's the or, originance. Yes. Of the, uh, of the phrase of the well, phrase. Well, that's fair
2: enough, Bram. I'm taking
1: it. I'm absolutely buying it wholesale. Excellent. Yeah. Right. So at this point, Tim, mm. I will put a jingle in.
0: It's a song you haven't heard for ages, but realize it's such a great song. Bit.
1: There's the jingle. You yeah. see, I do that in post. Wow. And then, um, yeah. so I have you have you been thinking of a song? What what's uh, in, in in what? Capacity? It's a song that you've not heard for a long time. That when somebody would put it on, will say. Or when you will put it on, we'll go, We'll go. yeah, this is a really good song. Yes. Like, for instance, mine today is going to be Dead Ringer for Love by Meatloaf. Great choice.
2: I'd like to go for a song, and I, I'm hoping I'm getting the title right, because I heard it the other day out of nowhere in just the scenario you describe. Yeah. Giving it all away. I was just a boy, giving it all away, Roger Daltrey.
1: Oh, excellent, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And uh, it's a wonderful song, a wonderful song. I always thought, this is terrible, naive musical thing, <laughs> blunder I'm about to come
1: out with. Right. I thought it was sung by Leo Sayer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Roger Daltrey will love you saying that, actually. <laughs> that's sure a compliment, it's... isn't it?
2: Well, I love Leo Sayer, but I'm not sure that Roger Daltrey, as you say, would... would Really want to be bracketed with Leo Say, who's more of a, I would describe an easy listening singer. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. He would describe himself as pretty hard rock. I think he's rock and roll, yeah. Yeah.
1: Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Now, Tim, I'm going to put, this is a second jingle within about two minutes. Anyway, sorry, guys, you uh, go onto YouTube, listen to those two songs because they're both very good songs. Right. Second jingle, this is a new thing.
0: Quick, 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 fire conversation What is it that you're going to say? Quick, 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 fire conversation You don't know what I'm going to ask you Quick, 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 fire conversation What is it that you're going to say? What will
1: you say in conversation? Quick, quick, fire conversation So there's the second jingle Now this is a new item that I'm going to do on the show And uh, I did it with Cara First time And I'm going to do it with you today Now it's called quick fire conversation. Okay, you ready? Right. So what I'm going to give you is I'm going to give you a list of of something or something, and you have to instantly tell me the answer. Does that the make answer. sense? Okay. So I'll give you one or the other, and you have to tell me yes. which one instantly. Right. Right. Don't even think about it. Ready? Yeah. Trousers or shorts? Trousers. Cagney or Lacy? Lacy. Water or sand? Water. Apples or oranges? Apples. Saturdays or Sundays. Sundays. Uh, pants or socks. Socks. Cars or camels. Cars. Pizzas or shoes. Pizzas. Yellow or green. Green. Eyes or ears. Ears. Bats or balls. Balls. French or kissing. French. Left or right. Right. TV or theater. TV. Top or bottom. Bottom. Pussies or puppies. Puppies. Meat or veg. Meat. Yoga or yogurt. Yoga. Rock or opera. Rock. Madonna or Michael. Madonna Lovely
2: That's it Do you like that one?
1: I like that Quick fire conversation
2: The last one was cheeky and really <laughs> Yes
1: Lovely uh, And that's it There you go Thank you very much For joining right, it's me been today an absolute pleasure an Absolute pleasure Thank you And take care guys And I'll see you next
0: time That's the end of conversation Thinking for today